Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. And uh, Jim Pasco, um, uh, he's been doing this, at least at this store, he had a debut of, uh, of one of your books. In 1998. In 1998, 20 years ago, people, 20 years ago. So it's always a pleasure to have you here, and it's always been a shop dresser, always, <laughs> ever since, really, all this time. Um, a few announcements before we begin. If you can turn your, uh, your uh, cell phones to uh, silent, that'd be great. Um, but uh, feel free to Facebook and tweet all you want, all you want. You know, if you write, if you tweet at Skylight Books, we will retweet your tweet to our 30,000 followers. Yeah. So please um, uh, mention at Cecil Castellucci. You have, do you have Twitter? Yeah, at Jim Pasco. At Jim Pasco. I'm at Heidi Arnold. At Heidi Arnold. So tag everybody, tag everybody. So that um, uh, when they ever, when 30,000 people see this, they'll, they'll know all about this book. Okay. Also, we have some terrific people coming to the, to the store next week on the 10th. Otessa Moshfeg will be here for my fear of rest and relaxation. On the 11th, as Zoe Samudzi will be here for As Black as Resistance, Finding the Conditions for Liberation. On the 12th, Amber Tablin will be here in conversation with the writer Jan Fitch. And on Friday the 13th, um, an event that I'm really looking forward to and I'll be hosting is Leslie Schwartz's The Lost Chapters, Finding Recovery and Renewal One Book at a Time in conversation with Brendan Murphy. So please come by. It should be loads and loads and loads of fun. World Wide Web, skylightbooks.com. Um, I'm going to introduce Cecil Castellucci, who will introduce the, the other panelists. Um, Cecil has also been here for 20 years. <laughs> so I have witnessed her, I've witnessed her um, every single year, almost every single year, wipe down the shelves of the store to make sure it's clean at the beginning of the year. Really, that's, that's dedicated. That she's been coming to Skylight before she was published. And how many books have you published now? You've 18 books, people. 18 books. Just to give you some context, Judy Bloom, who's still writing, she's written 27. So you're only 10 books away from beating Judy Bloom. So. And also to let you know that. Um, uh, Cecil Castellucci is a dear friend of the store. She does a lot of volunteer work for us. She spreads goodwill. She does things like uh, host panels here. Oh, we're so very oh, very happy to have her here. We also have her books on sale, so please feel, feel free to um, check them out. Uh, welcome, Cecil Castellucci. to be here tonight because I love comics and um, and actually we were talking earlier and I hosted you like what five years ago five six years ago, ago? yeah um, so this is kind of a reunion it is. it's like a you know bring the band back together right. kind of situation um, but I love comics and I love comics for kids and I love comics for kids because they really are comics for all ages 
Um, and that means, you know, like um, like Tintin, like Hergé, who wrote Tintin, said, from seven to seventy-seven. So, um, so that's something that's really dear to me, and I think that um, we'll, we'll all agree that uh, *The Secret of the Wind* is that kind of book that is truly an all-ages book um, um, in that way. So, let me introduce Jim and Heidi. Um, Jim is a writer, designer, and award-winning creative director. His comics credits include Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Hellboy Animated, and the original series Undertown. Um, Heidi Arnold is a graduate of the Savannah College of Art and Design, whose published works have involved popular franchises like Star Trek, The Dark Crystal, and Fraggle Rock. So please give a warm welcome to Jim Pasco and Heidi. Trailer first? Well, we're going to show, uh, uh, just because I have it up, we'll show some pages. Perfect. We're going to show some pages, then we're going to show the fabulous trailer, and then we're going to have a panel discussion. So this will be to give you an amuse-bouche of the book, in case you haven't picked it up and flipped through its gorgeousness already. Uh, so so I really just wanted to show two uh, pages, or two, two spreads. Uh, this is the first full spread in the book, um, uh, pages two and three. Uh, lots of exciting things going on here. Uh, but I, I particularly wanted to contrast this because uh, Heidi and I have been working on this for a long, long time. Uh, and when we, uh, when we were searching for a publisher, we, uh, we, had, a, we had a sample script uh, of just a few pages and we decided to, uh, to actually draw three full pages. Uh, and two of them, became these two pages. So I have the original pages that were drawn. Drawn, I want to say five years ago, and that's this. Wow. Um, and it's funny, I, I, I probably haven't looked at this myself uh, after before today in like four or five years. Uh, but uh, I mean, aside from the fact that the lettering is very uh, different. Uh, They're a lot it's, it's really amazing to me how the, the story didn't really change and a lot of the panels that, that I, I know I can speak of that I love, like the top of uh, page three, the, the prop on the fox, the, the jumping uh, of the group of the rabbits and the uh, main character Bridge Bell hiding in the log, didn't change significantly, but, um, but I do feel like we've, uh, we've come a long way. Um, uh, so. Yeah. That was a big stylistic difference. Yeah. We were trying to find our voice, and we didn't feel like that was hitting it at the time. Yeah. It's still pretty. Yes. I think. Yeah, it's, it's a big uh, music <laughs> this time. Um, uh, so we were very lucky to have put together a trailer, and so I will uh, attempt to play that now.
so shabby. <laughs> so yeah, I think that gives us a really good idea of like the drama of the book. Um, <laughs> is about to start. Yeah, it heightened the mystery, right? For sure. Um, okay, well, the first thing I actually want to ask about um, is, uh, because you hinted at it already, and I know because I read, um, so you guys have been working on this book for a long time. So, as far as I understand, you've been working on this book since 2010-ish? I, I would say that we started um, closer to, oh, sorry, yeah, microphone. Um, Closer to 2014 is when we actually really got going. 2013, we were working on 2012, 2015. Well, so I, I, um, I feel like we didn't really start working on it until probably around 2013. Uh, but uh, the story really began at uh, at Comic Con in San Diego uh, in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, Heidi and I both had books published by Tokyo Pop, and so we had met oh. at a. Uh, we met at a at an event, and we had a few drinks, as we are wont to do. Um, and we were discussing just about uh, future projects and dream projects. And on the drive home from San Diego, uh, I I, just, I had this this vision of of drawing or of writing a book for Heidi that that I knew that if I could capture this, like what we had talked about. Uh, and, and, and it was a story that was that was in her that nobody in the entire world would be able to draw that. Uh, and, and and so and right like the Monday after Comic Con, I sent Heidi an email and sort of told her about this. And looking back at that email, it's you know it's a little bit different, but it's it talks about Bridge Valley and it talks about the Valley of the Clouds and um, uh, and and Heidi amazingly didn't just say like you weirdo, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I, I would say that it was it was probably a good three years of shuffling other projects and and just kind of figuring out priorities before we um, really had kind of both independently come to this decision that like this was worth doing no matter what. Uh, and at that point, we started to put together a proposal uh, and then got the deal after that. Well, I mean, like as an artist myself, like I just, I just find that those, like, and comics as well, just take so long that, like, um, I just find those, like, moments where you find a kindred spirit, you know, to sort of, you know, where like that spark, kind of like with your cha happens, you know, like you just, you know, kind of go with it. So was, um, was being an artist. So why don't you? Uh, this is a okay. trilogy. <laughs> And um, uh, so the trilogy is called the co like Cottons. Cottons. Yeah. And um, why don't you why don't you set it up for us a little bit? Uh, I, I think the simple summary of the of the series is uh, Cottons is about a young girl who is struggling with leading an artistic life in a society that does not value art, uh, and it's told as we have seen as a fable uh, between rabbits and foxes. Uh, 
and, and so from there, it, you know, there are many, many other characters and there are many other things that happen, but th th at its heart, it's a story about an artist. Uh, and the, th the three volumes, um, which are all written, and the second volume is, uh, is, is drawn but not colored, um, uh, the, the, the story itself is very complete, uh, and while it is, uh, it is absolutely a single tale and it is Bridge Bell's coming of age story uh, uh, very much, uh, it's each, each volume is self-contained in some way where there's a, there's a mystery or there's an adventure or there's something that happens that gets resolved at the end of the volume. So that's the, and, and, uh, and the plan and part of why we've been, uh, we've been working on this for so long is that uh, I think that the first book was finished two years ago at least, right? I mean, a, a, 2016. Yeah. Um, uh, but the publisher, uh, uh, which is for second Macmillan, I think they're pretty smart cookies over there, and they really insisted that um, that we wait until we had enough of the the, the following books in preparation. To be able to uh, to sort of really release them uh, together, you know, uh, one year apart. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so what? I mean, this may sound like a like a bizarre question because I mean, like I know why art is important. I feel it. But um, but what what was what was the conversation that you guys had where you went away with this idea that like, okay, we need to make a book. That talks about the struggle of a of an artist who just wants to do their thing. Honestly, I don't think we ever had a conversation like that. No. No, I mean, you wrote this, and I'm I'm working off of the script, and I'm thinking this book was meant for me. This book was made for me, and I'm connecting with it so hard right now. And I don't think I ever talked to you about it. You know, it's funny. Uh, 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 I've read a number of books with Tom Fassbender, who's a good friend and collaborator, and uh, and I remember the early days uh, where the LA Weekly called uh, called our books "Drunken Plotting," mostly because we were probably drunk. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, and like I remember having this conversation very distinctly with Tom, like, "What's the theme of this book?" And he's like, "Theme? I don't know what the theme is. I'm just like, let's just write something cool." Um, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I feel like there was a, there, uh, you know, in all jokes aside, there was a real lesson there of, of sort of not overthinking the writing. Uh, and so I, I feel like I, I could speak at length about what this book means to me and, and how it's come together and what I think the message is. But, uh, but that was never the goal. The, never, the goal was never to be uh, preachy or... Uh, or, 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 or off-putting in that way. I, I think that what we just wanted to really do is, is draw and create a story about rabbits that was just filled with emotion, filled with love, and that, and, and, and like that, and you know, the fact that there was a story about art and artists and, and occult and magic and all this other stuff uh, was just, it just kind of just happened. And I, I don't want to make it seem like it wasn't hard work on our part, but it really just kind of happened because the the that that the North Star was just making something that we thought was cool. Mm -hmm. 
when when you got the um, when you got the first initial email, um, were you uh, and you know uh, Jim has said like he wrote it specifically for you, and you said that like it sort of sang to you in, in some way. Like from the get go, was it rabbits and foxes? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think the foxes maybe. <laughs> I mean, definitely rabbits. It was. I mean, it was. You know, for those people that don't know, Heidi. Uh, uh, Loves rabbits. I think that's safe to say. Um, Pretty obviously, <laughs> huge crazy bunny lady. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you own a bunch of bunnies? I own. I or have one. Have bunny friends? Yeah. I don't want to say own. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, I'm owned yeah. by a rabbit. Yeah, exactly. Is the yes. correct term. Yeah, she is almost twelve. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yay! What's her name? Um, her name is Josephine, and she is my best friend. And <laughs> was she a model for any of the characters in the book? You know the irony. Okay, so half the reason why, <laughs> half the reason you described Bridgebell in that in that email yeah. to me, you didn't know I had a rabbit, I didn't and. You described her, and I'm like, that sounds awfully close to Joe, like <laughs> frighteningly close to Joe. Uh, like the 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 sentence plot line that you gave me was already gripping enough, but I'm like, I want to immortalize my rabbit on the page. You know, like I already, you know, that that was part of the reason I'm like, I want to draw a book with my rabbit as the main character. And obviously, you know, the they don't look exactly alike, but there's some similarities there that I don't know. It just makes it extra special to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I want to know about world building, Jim. How do you, what what was the first step in creating this world? Because it's a huge world, right? It's a it post-apocalyptic yeah. world in a sense. I like to call it a post-post-apocalyptic world. A post-post-post-apocalyptic <laughs> post world. Uh, yeah, because it takes uh, it takes place on a on a in a different place than Earth, uh, but it takes place five hundred years after the fall of a highly civilized rabbit society. And so, and so what we're dealing with isn't the kind of typical Cormac McCarthy, The Road, or, you know, I'm living, or, or, or this kind of, uh, you know, zombie wasteland. We're dealing with a, with a world that, is, that has been reborn, and it's beautiful, and it's lush, um, but it has been kind of reset. Uh, and so you have these characters that have a, a sort of a strange semblance and connection to the past, and the, the, the fact that they are they still form as a society and they talk and uh, but there's all this forgotten technology where you know it's everything from this factory that that, that uh, refines carrots into this this sort of magical thing called cha to just sort of like ordinary objects that they have forgotten like a key and a lock and a cage like they mm -hmm. they, 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 they are sort of alien to, to like they understand them as like myths because they know that they're in the world, but it's all kind of been been, been blown away. Um, and so where we're at in the story is, is less about sort of survival or, or, or re even rebuilding. There's no sense of rebuilding. Mm -hmm. It's a sense of kind of reclaiming and, and understanding like their place in the world. And mm -hmm. I feel like the truth is, you know, we live in a society that feels very advanced, but, I, but in many ways it's like we are, we are trying to figure out our place in the world and, and, and like how to make sense of of things around us. And and I feel like that was the that you know, like that sense was a was a was a good starting point for me. Well you have like such a rich idea of what the world is. Um, I was so struck by that, you know, with both the I mean the writing I'm sure, but also the art, you know, in terms of the factory and um, 
the um, the lovely rabbits who um, are the religious rabbits who have their. This is me. This yeah, is me. Yeah, yeah, binding my ears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me binding my bunny ears. Um, you know, and and the, the like. I just loved those um, those two fierce lady rabbits who you know are 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 the religious rabbits, I guess. Um, and the way that they look. Did you know that they would have bound ears? from the text, or was that something that you came up with on your own? Like, how did the world all work out? Like, how, what was the collaboration between you guys in, in terms of um, fueling the world? Um, well, you, you more or less just kind of gave me verbal cues. You know, you mentioned that their ears were bound, and then I kind of took certain designs and just ran with it. Um, you know, just doing a crisscross pattern. It seemed to work. I, I guess, you know, I don't think I, I did more than a couple sketches for those and that seemed to work. Um, as far as the factory is concerned, um, a lot went into the factory. Um, I, I tried to look at each level and how you describe each level, what its purpose was, and I wanted to do something different but also have it grounded in reality so at least people could somewhat believe how they process this material. So I, I did like schematics in Photoshop for each layer and um, <laughs> you know what, I even, based on how things moved in the script, um, I changed like that set of stairs. I added that set of stairs because I'm like there's this area where, you know, this part where these two characters are walking <laughs> down these set of stairs and you're overlooking everything and, and also, you know, we need to, the, you know, have rabbits get up to this layer to look at the technology and make sure it's running somewhat properly. They don't really know fully how to keep it running, but they need to be able to examine it. And I added a couple things like that as well, just as far as, you know, logistics. You start asking yourself these questions when you start designing a world and everything. That's the hard thing about comics is that, uh, is that uh, when you're writing a story, you can have a lot of things that are in your mind, and you're, you can kind of imagine that it's sort of like, ah, it's a room, you know. Um, uh, but when you when you when you're forced to draw it, it's like you, you have to you, you have to know how many windows are in that room, and is there carpeting on the room? Is there is there furniture in the room? What's the furniture look like? And it's easy to say that none of that stuff is important, but at the very least, it's important to the artist because you have to draw it. Um, I feel like the way that I did both the development and even the script is, uh, you know, I'm, I, I tend to be very meticulous, but uh, my day job is advertising and I work with a lot of amazing creatives. And uh, instead of being sort of like super specific, I feel like what I want to do is just to suggest and, and, and make clear what it is, like the emotion that I want to create out of the scene. And so, and so again, it, it was important to me for the religious uh, rabbits who are called the Windus Curatus. The religion of the rabbits is called Windism. Wind. Wind. Get it? Um, the, uh, it was important to me that they had this, this um, very ascetic practice of binding their ears. Uh, in, uh, in kind of a, a, an Eastern Cohen-like fashion of, of, uh, of denying themselves what is most pure to a rabbit, which is to be, be able to hear um, and to be able to detect their enemies uh, and, and to trust in this spirit um, that, that would guide them and, 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 and to know that they can deny themselves that sense. And that was really, that was it. And so everything else is what Heidi put into it. Um, 
Uh, and, and there was really, I would say, there, I mean, there was a lot of back and forth of like, you know, and, and I feel like even after we began the book, it was probably a year before we actually, before you actually started drawing pages because there was, there was finishing the script, but there was also tons of characters, tons of, uh, of objects, and there was just all of these drawings back and forth that were like, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? What do you think of this? Um, and I would say, if anything, I don't feel, I mean, there were occasional things where I was sort of like, I don't know about that, but most of, most of it was less about like, oh, that's exactly what I had in my head, and it was sort of like, oh, you're, this is your meeting me halfway. Like, I, this is just an idea. I, it doesn't have shape or form. You're bringing shape or form to it. And that's, I feel like that's the magic of comics. I is. agree, totally. I agree, totally. It's the best thing. Like, you know, the, that collaboration, that conversation, I often think of the script as a scaffolding to give to the artist, you know, and then they can throw out whatever they don't need. Um, you know, but it's sort of, you know, it's sort of this beautiful collaboration. Did you, do you, do you do open script or um, full script? It's full script and it's very detailed. And, and again, I, you know, I, I would say that, and again, a lot of it comes from just having written comics for many, many years, uh, and, and very specifically written comics and having them published, because as I'm sure you realize, it's sort of like you, you read comics, you love them, you're like, this doesn't seem that hard. And then you write a script, and you're like, okay, that was pretty easy. And then you get somebody to draw it, and it's, it's totally wrong. And you're like, okay, well, that's not how it felt like in my head at all. Or that's not, you know, that doesn't, it's, you know, I thought it was going to be slower than that. And, uh, and, and so I, I feel like it's, um, in, in all of the writing that I've done, I've really taken the lessons of, of, of how, the, the, the writing, and, and specifically the pacing, because I feel like that is a large part of visual storytelling, mm -hmm. is, the, is, 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 the, is the time between panels and between pages. Um, to, to figure that out so that it was hitting the beats the way that I wanted them, to, to make the story breathe, mm -hmm. and to not make it rushed, and but not make it too slow, um, you know, I, the, the scripts were calling out specific panels and specific layouts, and and uh, you know, all of my scripts always say this, but certainly with Heidi, I you know, I said, this is this is yours. You throw the whole thing out, mm -hmm. but you just need to know what's what I am thinking. This is my starting point. Mm -hmm. Take it somewhere completely different. Um, and and there were plenty of times where it's like it would got it would get drawn, and then we would look at it together and and be like something's not right about it. And, it, and sometimes it would be as simple as like, take those two panels and, and flop them. Right. Um, because you need to see the, this little bit of action before the pause, instead of a pause and then an action and another action. Um, uh, and, and you know, everyone's, I, I, I feel like, you know, the, the process of sending me pages, I tend to make extremely detailed notes, as people who work for me probably appreciate, or <laughs> don't appreciate. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the the editorial process was 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 very controlled like that because we were just we were just always looking to to improve it and tweak it. But but I, but I gotta say, of all the collaborators I've worked with, uh, you know, Heidi has a magic that is you know when 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 I see what she does, it's it's not just that it's right. It's not just that it's good. It's not just that it's right. It's just it's it's transcendent. It really it's you know, and I, and I feel like it's the emotions that that are the like the the way that you capture um, just pure feeling is is magical. Thank you. <laughs> let's um let's 
talk, Heidi, about the style of the book because I mean we saw the first, uh, you know, the pitch pages that you did, and then the the change. Um, can you talk about um, how you came up with such a lush, beautiful um, sort of? I mean, it's not. It's it feels watery, you know, or like you know, sort of, you know, uh, you know, because it's got the art in it, and it's got just yeah. sort of like the the bending grass everywhere. <laughs> just see, it's just so beautiful. How did you how did you come up with that style, and how, how what was the process from change from the original pitch pages to the um, the finals? Because the colors are different, and um, yeah. Honestly, it kind of transitioned back and forth. Um, I think that page, the older pages that you showed, um, was the second take. Because initially what I wanted to do was um, have the backgrounds be in watercolor, mm -hmm. and then have the characters, like I wanted to physically watercolor these pages, and then have the characters um, be done digitally to pop them out. Um, at the very least, color digitally to pop them out. And, uh, it didn't work out. My scanner was not cooperating. Um, I tried an iteration where um, I was like, well, I'll do ink wash, and then I'll scan that in and, you know, throw some colors on that, and maybe that will work. And for some, it, it just it washed out the pencils. It just was this weird process where everything was fighting me. Um, and, initially, and then eventually I landed on, okay, all right, the pencils will be for background only, and the characters will be inked, and it'll all be colored digitally, but I have some amazing... Um, digital watercolor brushes that will give it that feel mm -hmm. with the kind of control that I need. Um, and unfortunately, I at that point I'm like, okay, I landed it. This is what we need. This is what works. Um, I did try, you know, the purple pages as pretty as they were. I was thinking, well, maybe we should just go full on, you know, digital color um, without the added texture with the watercolor brush. Um, but that just wasn't wasn't working for me. Um, oftentimes, I go with my gut, and yeah. sometimes something doesn't speak to me, and I want to draw things that, that move me, yeah. you know, I mean, that I connect to. It's just, I mean, like, it's just beautiful, you know, when you're looking at it on the page. It's just, you just it's a real world that you sink into, I think, you know? I'm, I'm curious about, did you always have the plan to have it have chapters? Because that's not very common for sort of, you know, graphic novels, but this sort of makes it feel like a, novel in a sense because it has the chapters uh i would say this is a little bit of a learning experience that i had from doing my last series with tokyo Pop called undertown so uh because both undertown and cotton's secret of the wind uh were written in script form in in in, in chapters or in sections um and uh and, and somehow just with the process of tokyo pop and 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 the, their kind of rigid structure. Tokyo Pop published uh, Amer well, published Japanese manga, also some America original English language manga. Uh, I was part of the English language program, and the book that we did was in the traditional Japanese uh, Tonkaban size. And um, and it was all as much as I have loved manga for years. It was actually very challenging writing in that format because the page size is so small. I mean, I remember my editor. Uh, saying, like, you should probably do about three panels a page. And I was like, three panels a page? Watchmen has nine panels! <laughs> Don't you know anything? Um, but, it, but it became very clear that it's like, that's, that's, the, that's what it needs to be. Um, and, and basically, so I was writing it, wanting it to be very fast, because I feel like that's a, a hallmark of, of, of Japanese comics. 
And the decision was to sort of run, there was 160 drawn pages, and to just run them uh, all together. Uh, Tokyo Pop did the book design, I didn't have anything to do with it. And they put like, they like hid the chapter numbers in the pages. It's so crazy. They're like little 10 point Times New Roman, like there's a nine somewhere, and it, they're totally just forgettable. Uh, but that was their sense of like trying to honor those chapter breaks. And I just sort of felt like it was, it like as much as I wanted it to be fast, it didn't have that that sense of caesura, of these kind of dramatic poetic pauses. And I felt like, like kind of maybe staining a little bit of like not having the, the, that, that realization of, of how I wanted that book to be. Um, I made I made very certain that, uh, that that this this book, which which I was lucky enough to be able to design myself uh, for a second. I was going to say they let me do it, but it was really sort of like I just did it before they did it, <laughs> uh, and then they were realized like, oh, you already did it. I guess that means we don't have to do it. So um, that's a lesson <laughs> to you, young artists out yeah. there. That's, uh, <laughs> um, uh, so it's yeah. deliberate for the pause. It's yeah, I mean, I just I feel like it, it's I, 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 it's I feel like the whole book is meditative to me. I think I think it was my wife who said like I don't think so at all, but I, I I feel like it has a sense where you you want to linger with it. You you know you I mean I think the drawings are amazingly beautiful and it is a, it's a quick read if you read it fast, but I feel like it it, it wants to be uh, poured over. Why don't we open it up for um, questions from our audience? Does anybody have any questions for our fabulous? I know somebody has a question. Well, could we see a picture of the nun rabbits or the, uh, oh, the oh, religious? I'll show you a picture. Yes, maybe we'll you. take a, another question while I look a uh, for a picture of the nuns. So let's see. Towards the beginning, when we first see the I think I saw your your hand up. Uh, oh, yeah. On making the book. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Could you take that off? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I do think that it was fun making the book. I think that I think that one of the things that um, that was important about uh, when Heidi and I started, and, and again talking a little bit about the fact that we, you know, we had this idea. We 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 talked a little bit about collaborating. It was probably a couple years before we kind of came came to it again. And part of that was a was uh, was like a, I, I mean I would say an, honestly a crisis that I had where I was uh, you know in this town specifically it's very easy to be distracted by shiny objects and producer types and agents and people who tell you what sells and what they want and what other people they think other people want and uh, and wanting to be wanting to be successful wanting to chase after that. And and then I just felt like I like it was it wasn't it wasn't leading to anything. It's like what was the point of it? And 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 I and I really thought if I'm gonna do something, I want it to be fun. And I want it to be what I wanted to do. No matter what. It it wasn't about the money, it wasn't about the like no it wasn't about a, a, a book deal, it wasn't about getting a movie deal, it was just about I want this to be what I want to do in my you know, in my free time, in my, you know, like I wanted, I wanted to be, this is how I occupy my mind. And so to me, that, it was just all about that. It was, it was very, I mean, it was a lot of hard work, but it was all stuff that, that I wanted to do and, and never felt like I had to do. 
Well, and both of you have done a lot of licensed work, and that's a very different beast than the, the doing plantation. The salt mines. It's not exactly the same as doing your own creator work. So, can you talk a little bit about sort of the the difference, or the you know, like like uh, you know, there's a certain uh, known quant quantity to doing like Star Trek or you know Buffy or whatever and there's something totally different when you're doing something that nobody nobody knows right like can you talk about that you want to talk about Dark Christmas sure and Tribal Rock and all your other cool stuff yeah I don't want to clip that yeah. <laughs> um and it's just a party <laughs> um I think the 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 difference is I mean I put a lot of myself creatively into those projects. They, they matter to me. Um, but it, it says everything when it's, when it's yours, like when it's a part of you. Um, and also, you know, there's, there was a pressure that came with those things where you have to stay true to these, these different properties and, and make sure the fans don't lynch you. And um, make sure you, you figure out how to draw the right shuttle in the USS Enterprise and, you know, all this weird stuff, like the engineering room, like just lots of, there's lots of, it's just a different kind of thing. Um, and then you let it go and people love it for what it already is. It's not necessarily for what you're bringing to the table, um, although they do appreciate that. But it's, it's different when you are coming, like you're teaming up with someone to do something absolutely new. And like this is why this feels more special than anything else I've ever done. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, since I helped with the book, um, I mean, I mean, just the few things I want to ask is, one, Jim, the whole thing about the doctors, and, and the whole like religious aspect of, of, of that and uh, and the um, and in the sense of um, how much you connected religion and spirituality to the art what was the origin of that where did that come from that's my first question and then my second question is I'd like Heidi for you to look in the book and find those that, those pieces where the, where the magic is happening with the, you know with the, so so different from everything else that we've seen and and in a sense and, and also part with the foxes are doing the drugs because in a sense because in a sense like what was it like the challenge because that's so different from just the, the wind in the wind and the grass and the rabbits mm -hmm. you know it was a completely different style a completely different vision that you executed so well so I want to hear about that challenge for you do you want to start with that sure um, uh, here's one of the, the magical, when the Thokcha is activated, it kind of creates, that's the, the um, like the living art that they're capable of, and uh, that's how that manifests. And then, let's see, where's the other one? Oop, other way. Wait, am I right? No, okay. And this is the, the other page that he was referencing. Where he's tripping pretty hard. Um, a lot of the inspiration for this kind of came with, especially you know when you were talking, it was mentioned in in the script. You were just throwing things out there as like, could, could his tongue be a hangman's noose? And I was like, that's what needs to happen, you know. And and everything else, I just kind of ran with it. But I also thought it'd be kind of cool to take the line art and to actually split it 
into blue and green, the kind of way that you would see a 3D image and kind of blur it a little bit to add to that effect. So that was just something that struck me. I don't, I don't know if I thought much more about it half the time. I just do things, and uh, there's sometimes there's thought behind it. Oftentimes it's just instinct. So it's not the best answer, but yeah. When, when you were doing the the, the, the structures, there's definitely a mandala aspect to it. Mm -hmm. Did you do research in that type of art at all? No. No. You just you just let it go. Lots of aspects of, of, of this this strange world, and, and one of them is a, a, a religious aspect. And so it's uh, the the religion of Lindism is. I, I really wanted to. Um, I felt like so many contemporary books uh, create worlds by by just making analogs. And, and so it's sort of like, oh, it's a, you know, like, let, I'll, I'll create a fantasy world and where everything is like, it's Christianity versus Judaism. And so it's like, these characters are this, and these characters are this. And, 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 and the truth is, you, that could be really amazing and magical. Uh, but to me, it, it just sort of felt like it was, um, wow, I think that that creates a great familiarity. And that arguably helps a lot of books become very successful. Um, it, it's not what I wanted to do at all. And I, 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 I wanted to, to take um, this aspect of, of, of rabbits having a, a, a religious, spiritual belief and really start to unpack it. And I think that there's a sense in this religion, uh, because the religion isn't good or bad. It's not like they're the good guys or they're the bad guys. It, there's, there's a real, there's a real, complicated entwining of agendas and aspects to this where um, there it's, it's a little bit like a theocracy and there's a sense that the religious order is in control um, there's a sense in which there is a deeply felt spiritual uh, sense of, of giving in to the wind the, the, the religion is is tritheistic um, uh, and and the, the three the three deities are uh, truth, chaos, and indecision. Uh, and, I, and I and I and I felt like it was and, and, and the rabbits very strongly believe that that the, the the life is about the balance of those three things. Uh, and even though that's not like it may not make sense to us, it makes sense to them. They 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 they, they posit things as as those how those things interconnect. Um, and so there was just a, there was a there was a sense of wanting to have that be an aspect of the book. I didn't want it to be. It, I don't feel like it's a religious book per se, um, uh, but I do feel like it's it's there is a bigger sense of of this sense of, of love and uh, that that is almost like I mean there's almost a sense of worship and not sort of worship at an altar, but there's just the sense of. Of, of the awe being in front of something divine or something uh, or something bigger, and I think that that's the, the the magic in the world, which is multi-layered, and it's you know it starts with carrots, a food source, and it goes into this this refined substance called cha, and it goes into these these magical objects that are created by artists called dakjas, uh, and it and it just goes and it goes and it goes, and there's just a sense that that's the this kind of continuum is what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in, 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 in polar opposites.
we have um, time for one more question. Yeah. Has, uh, has Josephine Rabbit ready yet? How does she feel about it? She approved it? Oh, yeah. 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 She, uh, when I brought the book home, uh, she tried to eat it. <laughs> I, I, I think it's yeah. a stamp of approval. I have, a, I have a serious question as well, which is um, obviously you guys, you've written the three stories down. You've, uh, I guess, on the artwork, almost two of the books are finished up. Um, what's your, what would be your plans or your hopes or dreams for Cottons beyond that trilogy? Is there plans to maybe extend it beyond? You know, would you like to do something completely different? Yeah, that's a good question because I almost felt like when I was reading this book, I was like, I was like, I could, you know, I'm a big D and D player, and I was like, I could play this, like, <laughs> yeah. I could play this, you yes. know? I mean, like, at the end, there's like maps, there's like you know, the characters and the classes. I was like, it's like a game. We should totally make a book. It'll be amazing. You could totally do that. Yes. That yeah. Um, so that's actually just to spring off of your question. Yeah. What are the plans for extending the world? Uh, uh, I feel like the, the proposal itself went to the publisher, uh, and, and again, it was written seven years ago when transmedia was a big catchword. Uh, but I, you know, I, I felt like it was the important thing was that it's that it is uh, that it's about the world and about the richness of the world, and it's not. Uh, uh, and 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 in terms of what we did, I felt like we wanted to make the best comic book that we. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I, I think that I can speak for us. We weren't concerned about like, is this going to be a movie? Is this going to be a video game? Even though I, you know, I certainly have, you know, I, I feel like you know, a gaming aspect to it, even a even a video game aspect of it, it's it's not a very, it's not immediately conducive to that kind of thing. But I feel like I, I, I would love to see that kind of. You've got the world there, you know, and for I think sure. the world is that, yeah. Um, I, I would say, kind of as a direct answer to this, uh, when, when we were working on all three books, um, uh, it, was, uh, it was right around the time where uh, the TV show Mad Men was on the air. Uh, the agency that I worked with was lucky enough to, to work on that, on that show. So I got a lot of insight into, uh, um, I mean, a lot of insight, but I got insight into Matt Weiner's process and, and things like that. And one of the things that he said that uh, was that he wanted the story to continue, but he never knew, like, he, he didn't have this, like, oh, well, you know, at the end of seven episodes or seven series, it's going to end with this big thing that I've, I've had since I was a child, and this is my dream. He wrote every season of that TV show like it was the last, like he was just going to tear everything down, nothing was precious, and... Um, and I really wanted an aspect of that to this book. Uh, and uh, and I, I think that there's, you know, the, the stakes are, are, are sort of high in the first book, but there's a sense specifically in the second and third book where nothing is precious and things, you know, and, and things are really upended uh, in very dramatic ways. And what that sort of led to is the third book feels very much like a conclusion. Um, uh, and so, and I was very happy that you know because it was a three book deal that, that this feels like a a, uh, a story. Um, but even even you know since I picked Heidi up at the airport today, we were you know we've been talking about like possible next stories and things like that. But I think that you know um, 
I know that Heidi is looking for some rest and relaxation after she's done drawing all three books. Uh, I'm going to go to the deep, dark world of true hiking for a little bit, because I don't see the outdoors very often. I love nature, and I looked at far too many pictures of Yosemite and places like that for inspiration. I'm like, I would like to go to this place. Uh, so. So, so that's, that's I, I would say that there is, there's lots of opportunities for us to continue at the right now, no. I mean, plans in the works, but yeah. nothing, nothing to say. Yeah, it's open and exciting, and I think that's a good way to leave it. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you so much to Jim Pasco and Heidi Arnold and for their beautiful... <laughs> First of all, I want to bring your attention to the champagne, the champagne, <laughs> several bo uh, bottles left, so please help yourself. Um, because if you don't drink it, the staff will. <laughs> don't want that. Don't want that. Um, and also what I'll do is I'll move all this out of the way. Um, Heidi and Jim will, will sit behind and um, sign away. We also have season books available also, so please feel free to pick yours up. And thank you all very much for coming. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.